Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 122 of Justified Pursuit. I'm looking at the man himself, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook, who, you know, you've had some stuff going on, like personal life, and you feel, you look at this aura about you, like, you know, some, like maybe some burdens have been lifted off your shoulders. I feel uh, a sense of peace today. Let's it's leave good. it at that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You're smiling. That's right. All's yeah. good. 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 Episode uh, double deuce, man. This is the Emmett Smith. Uh, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. And whenever I play roulette, which I wouldn't do that because I'm a Christian, but whenever I play roulette, <laughs> uh, I always bet on Emmett, Dirk, Aikman, Irvin, all my yeah. favorite athletes. Yeah. Right on. Sometimes they don't let me down. <laughs> Winning a a bet on a roulette on an actual number is a nice little mm-hmm. nice little win. Don't ever bet on someone that's not a champion, though. Those those guys are losers. They're, you're not gonna win. Even if it, like uh, Craig Biggio, I wouldn't bet on him. Never won you, a title. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. You're lucky. I'm trying real hard to turn over a new leaf uh, on on my swearing. Uh-huh. Uh, I got a new gun safe. I'm really excited about that. Clearly so, not the one in the background that I've been staring at for two years. No, no. This one's in the closet here, about the same size. Um, but but it's not heavy duty like that one. Uh, new sponsor for the other my, my real job. And uh, so it was sitting in the garage. and reco- It weighs like 300 pounds. And my brothers, everyone came over for Easter. And I was like, well, I, you know, since... Uh, <laughs> You're eating my food and drinking my beer. Why don't you guys help me move this in here? So they did. Uh, and then it's it's really helping me get organized as far as just, uh, I think I spend like a couple of years and I've just been piling stuff in that closet. Now I'm like, I feel like I'm getting my my life back in, in the studio. Because whenever a guest would come over, there'd just be stuff all over the floor and I would just take it all and just throw it in the closet. And then when they would leave, I'd take it back out of the closet. <laughs> As Jordan Peterson would say, cleaning up your room. That's good. Yeah. Um, is it bad that a man with the number of guns that I own doesn't even have a safe? I think it's relative to how your kids are raised and there you go. what they're, but also their friends. That's why the main thing, like when we had kids, Aaron was like, all the guns need to be in the safe, blah, blah, blah. When, before that, I used to sleep with a pistol on my nightstand and... And it's my kids would never touch a gun, right? Unless I was right, right there, right? And neither would yours. But what about their friends? That's the thing. They come over and say, "Hey, Henry, why don't you show me your dad's uh, studio or his trophy room?" Hey, Henry, let's look at those guns. I don't think Henry would be down with that, but I don't, you know. Yeah, and, my well, kids would then, say, "How about no?" And then and look, I, think, I, also think Henry, have, I think Henry would too. Yeah, he would. Little nieces and nephews, though, that walk around the house, they just open doors and go in places. So I had a bunch of guns that had spilled out of the safe that were in the closet, not locked up. Now they're all behind a locked door. So that's cool. I would like to have a nice safe. Uh, I just don't because I haven't bit the bullet on the expense. Plus, I'd be like, really, I'd love to just turn my office closet into a safe. Yeah. Uh, a good a good buddy of mine from church um, who... Um, is oh, I, I don't know. He would call himself a prepper for sure. I went by, hung out with him a couple of Fridays ago for a little bit. We had some scotch and had a cigar and talked about how we're gonna uh, help God fix the world. 
he took me up and showed me his arsenal. Mm. Uh, he's got a electric keypad on a like a linen closet uh, in his bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in their master bathroom. So it's like it, dude, it just felt like John Wick. Like he types in this code and opens a door, and there's this for a gun room, decent sized closet with this like wall mounting system and like I don't know how many guns were hanging and I don't know. So what he, he has were, them on the wall. Yeah, dude, they're all hanging on the wall, and then he's so, got like. Yeah. I wonder if he's got like a really from... nifty like system. Like a there was like a mount on the wall, and then a clasp system to hold the firearms up. It was freaking cool, dude. So, so my new sponsor is uh, Secure It Storage, and I wonder because the way that they started out was they got a military contract, and they went into all of the uh, barracks where you know a regiment stores their firearms when they're not in use. And the the army was kind of like my my office, just had crap piled everywhere. And they were like, we got to get organized. And these people secure it was like, well, we can come up with a system for you. So they did. Now they make uh, things for the general public from safes to wall mounting systems. I wonder if that's, uh, it's probably, there's a good chance that, that uh, he has some secure stuff in his gun room there. Maybe so. Yeah. It's pretty slick though. It was cool. When you go buy a safe, let me dispel this rumor. You don't need to get a fireproof rated one. Here's okay. why. And the guy, the owner of that company told me, we did an interview and he's like, what, what happens when stuff heats up? Well, it metal, you know, it bends, bends. And, and wood cracks. And he's like, if your guns were really in a fire, are you ever going to shoot them again anyway? Right. The answer is no, you're not. So they're all going to get claimed on insurance regardless of whether you spend $5,000 on a, you know, 800 degree rated safe. It doesn't matter. So there's aren't, there's aren't fireproof. Like, and that, I mean, that's his sales pitch. I'm yeah. Like, oh, just because the flames don't end up getting inside doesn't mean that the stuff Guns aren't not in there cooking. Right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Wait, yeah. unless, I mean, what if you had like a cool heirloom that you really don't even ever shoot, but you didn't, you wanted it to like still look cool. Yeah. I guess that's the exception, but price difference is pretty significant though. I guess. Right. It's like, Fifty mm-hmm. percent. I'll send you probably. pictures after the show of the one I got. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Okay. Uh, also, the massage ball is working. working. Yes, the massage ball uh-huh. is working. And then Big Susan got in there on my psoas. Uh, you know, I always say there's, there's uh, masculine women and feminine men, and sure. certainly gay people, but obviously trans is just mental disorder and. I told Aaron how great Susan was. I went and saw her like three weeks ago after my soccer game. She gave me the best massage ever. And so Aaron's gone and seen her twice since then. And I had my second appointment yesterday. And I said, yeah, she's really big and just strong. And Aaron's like, you know, all that trans stuff you're always talking about. Maybe she's a dude. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I think she's just a masculine woman. Even and if so, she is a dude, who cares if she's helping you? I personally don't let men massage me. So that there's that. But um, if she hides it, and I don't, you know, I'm not asking, whatever. But if I knew, I'd probably be like, eh, sorry, Susan, or yeah. Bob, or whatever your name is. You say, man, I say, eh, no. The whole point is I don't want to, if I stand by is what a I sexual always say. Thing? Are, you, are you getting off to the massage? No, not What's at all. Matter? I don't want guys touching me. That's the thing. I just don't, I have no interest in that. You give me a hug and a kiss on the cheek every time I see you. You're my friend. 
it's my it's my time that I get to enjoy, and I don't enjoy it if a dude is doing it. I just don't. I think you're admitting to some latent homo uh, homophobia, but that's whatever. Okay. But if I stick to my guns, that uh, a trans person trans person is what they are, then it's a dude. If Susan's a dude, then I can't let a dude do it, even if she says I'm a woman or I'm playing their game. So I'm, I'm not playing their game. Anyway, I came to the realization Susan's just a masculine woman because she moved here from Arizona during COVID for a relationship that fell apart. I was like, well, how do you like Texas? You know, you've been here three years. She's like, well, I liked it a lot until all the Californians started moving here. I said, well, that answers that question. Yep. Yep. So Susan sounds legit. <clears throat> well, I have two more. I've already booked my next two appointments with Susan. But she works on the SOAS. She's the only masseuse I've ever had that, and that was a little intrusive. Where they like, and it hurts. It hurts bad. But yep. when I got when I was finished that's with that that's massage, the I could walk and feel like I was, you know, I felt better than I felt in six weeks. So and she bruised me. It's all bruised in there. The upshot is Doctor Cook nailed it. Yeah, need to get your SOAS right and stretching. Wow. That's a big part too. Yeah, well, and so one of the things I learned when I first started diving into all of these types of techniques and body mechanics is, I think I may have said this on the show before, I think I'm definitely, definitely think I've told you, but if you put a knot in a rope, you cannot stretch the knot out, no matter how hard you pull the rope, mm, right? True. So you got to get the knots out, and then you can actually stretch, right? So that's what the massage ball and the, you know, the invasive... <laughs> Uh, invasive massage technique this lady put on you is doing is working the tension out of the muscle, the knots out of those psoas muscles, so then you can actually do the kind of stretches that will help it. Yep. Mine's kind of acting up at the moment. Um, if it if it's not making you feel like you're going to throw up, though, I don't think it's you're doing it right. You got to do it on an empty stomach, first of all. Yeah, can't be rolling you on. Didn't, massage you ball. left that out last time we talked pretty sure i said that but yeah do do your so as in the morning before you put a bunch of food in your gut tell your next patient that part pretty, pretty sure i said that uh have to, gross have to mission, check, but that's okay have to check uh, the tape. speaking of food it might still make you want to vomit because it still pushes on your gut and yeah. it still hurts like a hurts. it does yeah so uh i made the best turkey sandwich of all time this week with i have turkey. a bird on the smoker right now nice nice yeah. This one I breaded and then I stuck in the air fryer. Mm. So I did the kids wanted nuggets. That's like their favorite. Frankie, the one that didn't even go on the hunt, was like, sweet turkey nuggets, my favorite. Okay. So I make them nuggets and I take like half of the breast, make this massive sandwich, and I breaded it and then I put it in the air fryer, tossed it in wing sauce, put it on some toast with a uh, tomato, lettuce, and you got if you're gonna do ranch, you need to go to Wingstop. It's the best ranch on the planet, mm. and uh, just douse that thing. Oof, it was good. Something you would never eat, but man, it was good. <laughs> Sounds awesome though. I'm not mm. gonna lie. <laughs> Think, did you ever get so in our college days? We'd go to George's. Did you ever get the buffalo chicken sandwich there? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm pretty Think sure that. But with the turkey that you shot or your right. son shot that, yeah. Oof, man, it was good. Yep. Nice. How were yeah, the innards? Got, uh, they were great. Great. The biggest ones we've ever harvested, I feel like, man. The uh, One of those three hearts was twice the size of the other two. Hmm. It was one of those first-day birds, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
got to get my fans pinned out and all that. They're still sitting in the fridge. Henry's is just sitting on the porch. Yeah. Need to salt it. Is it fanned out yet? Mm, like that. Will it fan out good even though it's mm. sitting there drying out? Yeah, it's still fine. I checked it yesterday. It's it's, it's on the list for this weekend project. Right. Same. Mm-hmm. Same, same. Um, smoking a turkey. I'm going to do some pasoli with the legs uh, and another pair of legs that are sitting out. I'll do like four legs and make a huge pasoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to go pick up my bison meat. My nice. 252 pounds of bison meat. Which we did the math <laughs> actually saved you money. Right. If you're buying bison, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not the case with the turkey meat on a per pound basis by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> no. But hey, we had fun. We did. Um, what about uh, Bud Light? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to make. I want to be on record. Bud Light is piss water anyway. We have that I'm aware of four items. I'm sure Cable has a couple more on the run sheet, and I. Brought three of them to the table today, so I don't want to hear any crap. Oh, my God. Like, Bud Light wasn't continue. at the top of my list. Okay, but you didn't say it. I did. I said it first. And also, the you will be surprised by this. The Fed Now thing was one that was on my radar because I heard nice. a clip from... Uh, dude, I think Christy Nome is awesome. South Dakota governor. I heard yeah. her on talking about why she vetoed this thing. And I don't know what power she actually has, if it's something that's going to be federally done, but she's like outlined the risks associated with the fed now idea uh, but we'll get to that in a minute first of all bud light um first of all exactly as you said bud light is i mean i guess it's not the very worst beer that you can buy it's the worst out of the three popular domestics Coors, it's, miller it's the Pum. worst out of what would be called a premium domestic and it's not even close like the fact that it can be labeled a premium domestic uh light lager is laughable mm-hmm. uh, it's garbage in fact i think it's made with rice which is so bad means it's not a beer, right? You don't make beer with rice. You don't make real beer with rice. Um, God awful, terrible. The cans are ugly anyway. Um, They're triple ugly when they put a, so many directions to go with this. So obviously everybody listening to this is fully aware that uh, what? 10 days ago, maybe now. Feels like sometime last week, right? No, no, it happened before. We, I think we recorded last Tuesday. It happened after that, when Kid Rock okay, shot the maybe, shot the thing up, and right, maybe uh, right out a week ago. Yeah, yeah it's, it's still pretty fresh. To your point, a there's this person known as Dylan Mulvaney, um, a like, biological male. Drew Barrymore and, proposed to him. Uh, yeah, I guess we talked about that, didn't we? But that was that was like I didn't even know who he was at the time. But yes, he'd been the- on my she he she this person had been on my radar um, because the White House invited Dylan to for his courage or what uh, to speak on behalf of the trans community. So last year, this person started a uh, social media gimmick where. It was like 360, like becoming a woman in 365 days or something like that. Basically, like documenting on social media their transition from biological male to transgender female. Um, 
getting like a facial, what do they call like feminization surgery? Um, apparently stopped eating because the person well, looks like they weigh about 103 pounds. It didn't work because he still looks like a man. <laughs> so yeah, well, apparently on some of so 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 in addition to Bud Light, Oil of Olay has adopted this person as an influencer, as has Nike for sports bras, and apparently yeah. in those spots. This person has stubble, and Megan Kelly is extraordinarily pissed about it. Um, well, guess what? I saw the Nike thing, and, and Dylan also has. Uh, I don't know, like if Tampax has like hired him, but he has. Oh, yeah, tampons, paid partnerships yeah. with a tampon provider, a, a product that he will never, ever need. Just like a sports bra, because guess what? He doesn't have any titties. He's as flat chested as my eight year old girls. Okay. Fair. They're eight, dude. Yes, you can true, say yeah. you can sit. Don't don't be one of them. Let's live in reality. Eight year old girls are flat chested, and so is Dylan Mulvaney. So don't go. True. Don't. Well, don't, and okay. to that exact point, talking to Ashley about it, she's like he. So so the ladies like Megan Kelly and some other middle of the road, and certainly conservative, sort of thought leading leading women that I listen to, point out that he makes a caricature of women in general, like. He's claiming to be a woman, but he's like making a mockery out of femininity. Did you see the Nike dance, the Nike ad that he did for the the paid Instagram or TikTok? No, I didn't watch it. I don't watch any of that crap. Oh, dude, it's worth watching just because that is where they said this is a mockery of feminism. It is the most flamboyantly gay freaking dancing. Right. No woman would ever dance like that. It was absurd on every level. And he's wearing a sports bra for Nike in the ad. Ashley made the point that he is acting more like a, you know, teenage girl than a woman. And I'm like, I don't even know why true. Like a, like a ridiculous teenage girl at the height of just absurdity. Cause I mean, you know, girls can get boys and girls. They, you know, get all keyed up and wound up about something. That's the thing is like, yeah, to the extent he's acting feminine at all, he's acting like a goofy Valley girl, you know, at 2 a.m. with too much sugar and a on a slumber party, right? Like on steroids, dude. It's horrible. Yeah. So, so he's, uh, I mean, candidly, frankly, dude, we have said many, many times we're not anti-trans people. This person is making a mockery not only of womanhood but of trans people. Like trans people should not support this person. Like real ones. Right, they do, there's this though. big they history. Do. That- they do because they see us as bigots. Right now, we're talking about it. We're bigots, so they do support him. Dude, there's 100%. a lot of trans people. There's a lot of real trans people that don't want any of this attention. The majority of the real ones. Most of this chatter comes from activists that are looking for something to be outraged about. Right, and then from the mind contagion to the extent there are, like, say, teenagers that are you know identifying as trans as we talked about with the Abigail Schreier book they have been indoctrinated slash infected with a mind virus right mm-hmm. i'm talking about the kind of people who were trans like real trans like 10 years ago before it was cool to be trans those people don't like this don't like any of this stuff those people send emails to jordan peterson and tell him you're right to stand up against these laws requiring you to use one of 72 new bs pronouns right Dude, anyway. I had the most amazing conversation yesterday with a hardcore liberal who I went to grade school with. He's still really good friends with my brother. 
Jansen's turning 40 this weekend. Him and his wife are going to Mexico for their 10-year anniversary. He's like, but I want to bring him a present. So 10.30 last night, he comes over. And he called. He said, fucker Tarlson. I mean, that tells you like where he is. And he's like, in the, he called Trump the orange orangutan. <sighs> We're talking about, dude. And I said, well, dude, what about this trans stuff? And he goes, listen, I'm a man of science and of facts. And trans is bullshit. This is a, and, he, and he's like, I'm a, I'm a traditional liberal. He's like, what these people are doing is hijacking my party. Yes. And it's absurd. And the fact that they want all of us to pander to them and he say and I would ridiculous. have an amazing conversation. That's oh, it so was. spot on. It was. It was, yeah. it was 30 minutes long. And I finally was like, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, dude, the JFK right. liberal, right? Yes. And Bobby it was Kennedy so Jr. refreshing because obviously yeah. we don't agree on a lot of things, but he hates taxes and he thinks trans is ridiculous. Yeah, dude. And, uh, I, I, it, it was, it sounds like that the, that the, that the, that the time release on his, uh, on his red pill is just about 30% of the way there. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't give know. Him, give him a couple more years and he'll be, but it was a great can't hate taxes conversation yeah, for me to have with a liberal to cut, walk away and be like, huh? You know, more like a Bill Maher, like, yep. but having it in the, in the flesh, having this conversation. So anyway, sorry for that. Wanted to throw that anecdote in, but I didn't mean to no, cut you good. off there. Calls for hope. It's great. Yeah. So back to Mulvaney, he, he is an atheist, he, though. Well, that's probably the root of the that that is definitely the root of the problem. Mm. Um, to the extent there is still a problem. Um, this person, Mulvaney, had for years Man. been trying to make themselves famous. Um, apparently there's a clip on the internet of them getting on prices right. Huh. And you know, so so this has been like basically this 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 year of transition that this person decided to post on social media and made him made them famous for was the culmination of a lifelong pursuit of getting famous. And they finally found the thing in the right moment in time that had the right resonance to go viral. Right. So that's the background on that person. Um, back to Bud Light, they decide to make an influencer out of Mulvaney made a custom can with that person's face on it and sent it to it's a dude that person uh so that person posted it to instagram let's not call media, that person blah, blah, blah. that per let's call that man what it is a man and created a firestorm <laughs> that uh has everybody from kid rock to travis uh, tritt yeah to joe rogan to you name it, talking about it, right? I um, saw a steamroller with pallets, as far as the eye could see, of Bud Light, and the steamroller was just mowing over them. <laughs> I saw, oh, uh, the guy, you you like Big and Rich. You've said that they're not bad, right? Yeah. Um, I, I've never had any problem with their well, music. Well, Rich it's owns a bar in Nashville. Fun, right, yeah. I mean, and John, he, John Rich, I think. He's he awesome. pulled all of the Bud Light out because they weren't selling it. Not be, he's a capitalist. Right. He's like, listen, I don't care about that trans stuff, whatever. But the beer's not selling, so well, we're going to totally replace it with something it. else. Sure. He, he cares about the issue, but he, yeah. He was trying to be PC about it. Right. Well, what he's getting, he's, he's, I don't know that it's trying to be PC as much as he's making the point. Like, I think he's trying to drive that, that, you know, go woke, go, go woke, go broke nail rather than he, he abhors it when it comes mm. to the potential indoctrination of his own children, right? I know he knows, I've heard him talk about the issue, but the point he's making is, this is just bad for business. It's just yeah. dumb. 
right? And that's obvious. And it's obvious by the fact the main point to make here is that their market capitalization, which is basically the total valuation of all the stock that they have on the market, has dropped by like $4 billion. Oh, yesterday it was and three. We, I was going to throw that out there. But it's it's still now. dropping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it probably depends on who you look at and you know, yeah. at what moment in time, but it's it's continuing to fall. Now, I think it's like falling from a number in the 30s, right? 30 billion is, I think, what their market cap was. But still, like it's working. And I think maybe even more importantly, or at least, you know, uh, relatedly, they haven't said a word about it since since it happened. Their like, social media is dark. Dead silent, right. There has been radio silence out of Bud Light ever since. Have you seen the video of the VP lady? I have it right here. I'm going to play it right now. Yay, good job. Her name is Elisa Hernershed. She Do you have the videos of her taking shots out of condoms at a frat party? I, I have seen the... Well, it's just photos, okay. right? Just, I don't just think a video. Okay. Yeah. Just, to, just to sort of put a little... She's drinking a Bud Light, and then right next to her, there's people taking shots out of condoms. A little yeah. foreground to what she's about to say. Okay, here we go. I'm a businesswoman, and it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, mm -hmm. we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in- Stupidity. Mostly. Okay, what is what do what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. Ooh. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels Ooh. lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been She's right about that. Bud Light will indeed give you a hangover. Braddy <laughs> kind of out of touch humor and it was really important that we had another approach we had this fratty out of touch humor talk about not knowing your consumer base right oh my god dude. right basically what she said which is what all all woke ideologues say is we hate all of you um troglodyte uh you know gun toting guns and religion um, you know, fun-loving, American-loving, uh, you know, regular old working-class people. We hate all of y'all. Uh, despise you. And the only people we want drinking our product are the trans people, which means we're willing to give up, um, you know, 99-plus percent of the world to uh, appeal to a fraction. Um, it's hilarious. She described herself as a businesswoman. <laughs> then you failed business. Brand. Yeah. Um, that, my dude, first thought though thing. is like she says she says their brand is in decline. Well, technically they were, dude. Somebody that I heard this the other day. Like all of the craft beer in the in America last year was something like twelve million barrels or mm. gallons, maybe, and Bud Light alone was like thirty million. So mm. I don't know what decline means. But it wasn't evident in their stock prices or in the ubiquitousness of the brand. I was um, going to say that craft breweries are popping up everywhere. They have been for fifteen years, right? Yeah, and then and I eat into the market, buys them, and turns them into craft. But guess what? My grandfather and people like I think of the people that she just alienated. I think of 
oh, it's Sunday afternoon. I've gone to church. I'm now mowing the yard. I'm cracking open a cold beer and it's Bud Light because that's what it's always been. Or in my grandfather's case, it was Budweiser. All those yeah, people. my second thought was if you want to recruit more young people, Budweiser is actually okay. It still gives you a headache, but at least it has flavor. Mm. Uh, if you want to attract more young people to your crappy brand, make better beer. Start there. Make a yep. beer that people want to drink because people don't want to drink that crap anymore. Um, as is evidenced by the skyrocketing popularity of the microbrews. Um, she didn't even hold back on using the word inclusivity when it came when it comes oh. to beer drinking. Over and over again. That, that's how we evolve is by being inclusive. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Representation is at the heart of revolution. What does that mean? Was it revolution or evolution? Maybe it was evolution. Either way, does it make more sense that way? Well, revolution like, would that's have such, kind of like a violent connotation underlying tone to it. That's such beautiful, academic, woke, gobbledygook, man. That yeah. is like new speak at its finest. What did you just say? It's nonsense. Mm -hmm. It's nonsense. Throw the word synergy and, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, market disruption in there, too, and just, just hammer us away with nonsensical buzzwords. But then, of course, the in there, the fratty, out-of-touch humor. That we have to evolve out of our fratty, out-of-touch humor, as you say, meaning you don't know who buys your beer. Um, yet, you should know who buys your beer because there are photographs of you at a frat party or some other similarly obnoxious, you know, out-of-touch humor type event where people are taking shots out of condoms. I've never even heard of that. Have you ever no. heard of that? No. Why, no. why would you I've do that? Seen that. N never seen it. Surely unlubricated condoms, I guess? Or are you drinking lube with your shot? <laughs> what is going on? Why are they doing that? Why never, never. fratty out of touch humor? You ever seen one of these god awful, you know, raving bands of lunatic women at a bachelorette party in their early twenties? Like walking around with dildos hanging off of themselves and stuff? Oh, yeah. Like but but the guys are the ones that are out I have a question. Right? Like well, I have a question. What what happened to the keg stand? That's what we did. Oh, surely they still do keg stands, right? Well, not if she's younger than us. Not if they're doing condom shots. I don't well, know. I mean, those those things aren't mutually exclusive. Maybe there just aren't pictures of the keg stands. I know we did some ke keg stands when I was in law school, but that was now almost 20 years ago, which blows my mind. I think the last keg stand I did, I was when I graduated college, when I finally put my illustrious college career behind me. We had a party. There were keg stands. I'm not doing any keg stands. I can tell you that much. I bet yeah, I have I'd one more. I bet I, the rest of my life without doing one. I don't know when the, I don't know when the last time I was at a keg party was, but um, right. I do, I'm, I'm not going to say I'll never do it again. I feel like I've got one left. I don't know when it's coming. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but I think yeah. there's going to be a moment in my future where I'm like. All right, you guys lift me up. Let's do this. I, I'll predict it'll be your daughter's 21st birthday or her college graduation or something like that, where you're there and you're hanging out with the young kids. They're like, come on, Gramps, let's see it. No, it won't be at that. Um, Mark it down. You heard it here first. On episode 1500 of Justified Pursuit, we will indeed confirm that that did happen. <clears throat> I don't think it'll be at one of my daughter's birthdays. Uh, graduation. Certainly not, certainly not at their weddings. Graduation, graduation. It's all their yeah college graduation it's all their friends and you're there and they're like come on come on old man river get over here you'll do it you'll still come to the peer pressure 
and they'll all think you're cool. Now they really care, but might be the kind of place that something like that might happen. I think it'd be probably be the only place. I'll sign up. My my daughter's like, come on, dad. I'm like, all right, fine. I got I got two daughters. I got two in me. I got one for each kid. Whatever. One for Henry too. But that's it. There's no other time and place that I could imagine doing a keg stand. But anyway, condom <laughs> shots. This lady. Was she? Did you say she was actually drinking a Bud Light in those pictures? She was. Yes, it's perfect. It probably maybe already worked. <laughs> fratty. Dude. It's so fratty. So fratty. Who do you think buys your beer? Well, fraternities probably buy a lot of it. So interesting take from the Tim Pool uh, podcast. Yeah, this guy on has this guy on on the, to, I think today's episode, and they're talking about this. And Tim Pool's very much of the opinion like we have to build like parallel cultural institutions. Right. We need it's the kind of the Daily Wire approach. Like, like we need to make our own movies. We need to make our own shows. That's how you that's how the left has hijacked our culture mm. is through these the arts and entertainment and the you know educational system and all that. And so the only way to right the ship is to thwart all of that with quality counter programming. Right. Um, part of the problem is the artistic types that make the good stuff tend to lean that direction anyway right so but but right now there's this backlash where you do have like very creative people making really quality you know entertainment with conservative messages and tim pools you know this is a guy who covered the occupy wall street stuff as a, at the time a leftist who's now like oh wow this is out of control right mm. um but anyway so he's like applauding the fact that their market cap has plummeted and his take is we have to keep this pressure up because if Bud Light will come out and apologize to their their you know consumers, it'll be like the biggest win against the woke culture war stuff uh, that we've had so far. Um, and this other guy on the show was like, I don't think that's going to happen. I have no faith that it will because what I've seen over 20 years now is that the right doesn't have this, the, this, you know, the gumption to stick to the fight. And this example was so spot on. He goes, I watched the, you know, the American public uh, basically boycott the NFL for like 15 minutes when they were, I think he said, taking a dump on the flag, kneeling and, you know, the whole, all that stuff. And he's like, it lasted like 15 minutes. And then this past year, they had the biggest audience that they've ever had. again. There's a difference, though. And I, as someone who just said i'm not boycotting the nfl because i like fantasy football and it's how i keep in touch with friends that i otherwise wouldn't even talk to uh there's only one nfl there's a bajillion beer brand so there's a huge difference it's not the same thing and that's just fact like it's not because i didn't boycott you know it pissed me off i thought it was ridiculous i think colin kaepernick's a joke but i was like i'm still gonna watch it because i like fantasy football and i like this friend group it makes me happy so i'm gonna do it and, right, and I abandoned watching sports for much bigger reasons than kneeling for the flag. So, I guess yeah. we're just on different wavelengths there. But yeah, but there's no there's there's no alternative. Like you can go buy Miller Lite. But he's not wrong that that these boycotts never last more than a week. Right. Here's my hope. Just like everything else in the news cycle, not, you know, nobody when has. You the, see your buddy who's supposed to be boycotting or or claims to have some kind of moral fortitude and said, oh, "I'm going to boycott Bud Light." When you see that person drinking Bud Light again, you kick them in the nuts. Like, what are you doing? Uh, hold each other accountable. What, what, we're not going to support that. I'm not going to kick him in the nuts, but one of my neighbors, a guy named Roger Garza, who's a fine patriot, uh, came to my 
direct next door neighbor's crawfish boil over on Saturday. And he was like, well, I guess I got to change beers. Every time I've ever seen him, he's handing, holding one of those <laughs> ugly blue cans. <laughs> so to is your point, wrong? I will, I will keep my eyes peeled. And if he's still drinking Bud Light next time I see him, I'm going to have to give him some crap. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about, what about president Biden? His tweet, which I thought was, doesn't he, he claims to be like a devout Catholic. This is so great. Dude, I was just talking to a guy at my local little barbecue shop while I was buying some pellets for this turkey I'm smoking, who's a Catholic. And he talked about how hard, how much he struggles to pray for Biden and Pelosi because of what they do to his faith, that faith, right. the faith. So I this is just a tweet from President Biden yesterday on transgender day of visibility, whatever the hell that is. Sounds like an unholy day to begin with. Uh, we want you to know that we see you just as you are. Here's the best part, which I posted on our Instagram, circled it in red. The next part is made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. We'll never stop working to create a world where you won't have to be brave just to be yourself. Made in the image of God. Um, the first thing that I think of when I hear that is Joe Biden didn't write that. I also agree with that. I bet he's never actually pinned it, typed his own tweet in his life. Well, he is an um, idiot. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, I'm sure his hands shake too much and his brain, you know, his, his, his mind is too, you know, riddled with Alzheimer's and, you know, he can't convey a thought that he may be able to summon through to his fingers anyway. Um, Anyway, here's a famous trans TikToker. It's a dude. He has blue hair and green hair. He claims to be, he's got real dangly, long, feminine earrings. Also has a beard, Chisholm. Also has a beard. Uh, so I want to play this for you because, you know, a couple weeks ago we had on the preacher who gave the sermon on God is trans. Remember that? Played the audio from that California loser? Yeah. You recall? This guy is named Whatever Mikey. I'll show you a picture of him first. That's what he looks like. <laughs> Reaction? <laughs> I don't know what trans means anymore. Throws his hands up in the air. Yeah, so here's whatever, Mikey. Y'all really want to try to say there aren't trans kids? Let me tell you what there aren't. There aren't cis kids, okay? You telling your child, oh, you're a boy, you're a girl. This is a child. This is a free spirit that has not learned any of that bullshit until you force it on them. So cisness is the wound. Cisness is the delusion. Cisness is the lie. Cisness is the place of pain. Transness is the healing. Transness is the growth. Transness is the truth. Transness is what we actually are. We are fluid. We are 70% water. We are God. God is change. God is trans. We are trans. You are forcing your kids to be boys and girls. We're saying, be whatever you are, baby. Be free. Be water. Be light. Be sky. Be God. Because guess what? That's what we actually are. What we actually are is trans, is change, is love. We're not the ones doing the forcing. Have you ever heard a bigger crock of S than that? <sighs> be God. You. Little children, you be God. You play God. You are playing God. Mutilate your bodies. You yeah, are the you're that. the one doing the wounding because you have cis kids, which we already agree cis is just 
the BS. The motto, the motto of the Church of Satan is "Do as thou wilt." That's what I heard. Yeah, I heard a person who's a Satanist, whether he knows it or not. Um, but more, un, more um, importantly, uh, concerningly, I also heard a person who I don't think can ever ever be deprogrammed. Correct. I was listening to something over the weekend. And the scary thing is, man, is that like, if you lie to a child enough, there's a point at which the lie becomes their truth, right? In fact, you can do it to adults. I mean, that's one of the things in 1984 and we go, oh, it's a fiction. No, but it's actually also like based in reality and science. Like you can brainwash a person into believing things that aren't true. And this hundred year effort to destabilize and undermine the culture, not just of America, dude, of the West. This is the fruits of that, where you now have probably two generations of people who may not, may not be capable of turning away from this darkness. Mm-hmm. I have to have hope they can be. Um, but the only way it's going to happen is through Jesus. Um, I say that, you know, then again, countries all over Europe right now are actually turning back away from this crap. Have we talked about the Tavistock Clinic? I saw an, a headline from Italy saying they're trying to be the first country to do X, but then I, it was just a little blurb that came across and I didn't have time to research it. Yeah, I think they're but- maybe banning um, uh, hormone treatments for minor children. Good. Italy, but the Tavistock Clinic is so you know in in the UK they have the National Health Services, right? Socialized medicine, and going back to Abigail Schreier, she she showed they were out ahead of us five to ten years on all this, right? And the Scandinavians to Finland, Sweden, all of them have been playing this stupid game going back to the nineties, right? Well, now that they've destroyed a generation or so of youths, they're abandoning these policies. The Tavistock Clinic was a government funded hatchet shop for sex change operations for minor children that was shut down last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not new news. It's back in the news right now because, because while these countries are backing off of this, our country is tripling down. Just like the shots. There's not a country in the world anymore that requires vaccination to get into their country, yet ours still does. All right. <laughs> None of those other countries are even promoting these stupid shots anymore, but ours still are, still is. Headline from today, uh, former NHL player dead at 38 of heart attack while playing in family charity hockey game. Weird. Mm. That's from today. But God is trans. You are God. <laughs> you are water. You are air. You are fluid. Male and female. Be whatever you want, oh, He baby. created them. Male and female, he created them. Mm. Male and female, he created them. Um, what else did we want to talk about? Fed now, fed now, and then restrict. Fed now, restrict, and then I have a. Let's do this first because this is very quick. So before we talk Fed now, I want to go to the esteemed Higher Learning Institute, the Ivy League school that is Cornell University. Well, the Cornell Student Assembly this week, Chisholm came up with a resolution to preface sensitive class discussions with trigger warnings. 
Mm-hmm. They urged university officials to require faculty to warn students ahead of discussing certain graphic or traumatic content that could trigger onset of post-traumatic stress, PTSD. <laughs> and, the, and their resolution said that in these cases, the students will be able to opt out of that material and not be required to test on it. You know what the school board said? Take a yeah, b- big double bird middle finger, right? Correct. And I was almost surprised that they did. Yeah, no, it, dude, it's a sign of, dude, there's a, there's a shift happening, man. There is uh, hope. hope. There is a, an awakening going on. I sincerely believe there is a spiritual Christian revival underway. That's not related to Cornell and Stanford University finally standing up to this psychosis, but they are. They're finally starting to stand back up for truth and freedom of speech and freedom of ideas. Yeah, Cornell said, you guys are crazy. We're not mm-hmm. doing that. Um, Dude, you, if you actually want the degree, you have to t- t- to learn the material. Like, Yeah, but they're also saying, like, they're not just, like, rejecting it and then not, like, okay, the Stanford thing. Did we cover the Stanford thing at no. all? No. Let me read this. Let me read the quote, and then y'all, you can take us to Stanford. So this is uh, university president Martha Polak. Quote, we cannot accept this, this resolution as the actions it recommends would infringe on our core commitment to academic freedom and freedom of inquiry and are at odds with the goals of a Cornell education. Right. So, it also emboldens people to be sissies. Correct. Everybody gets a trophy. Such I a was here. Snowflake that you can't hear something you don't agree with or hear something that give me a break, dude. Dude, I was Whiny, here. I get my trophy. Soft children. You finish but wait, you finished your team finished in dead last place. But I was here. I get my participation trophy, right? No, screw that. Winners and losers in life, and those people are losers. Crybaby losers. Stanford. Yeah, I mean, a similar deal. So what, like two, three weeks ago, a conservative federal appellate judge was invited to speak at Stanford Law, uh, one of the top five most prestigious law firms in America, though not for long because their bar passage rate in the last 10 plus years has fallen from like, 98% to like 83%. So clearly they're woke DEI, you know, whatever nonsense that they're basing all of their, all, you know, their entire education system on at Stanford now is no longer generating people who are capable of passing the exam, but which, which I have a, I have a, (laughs) I have an interjection here. Maybe. It's because they are accepting people to law school based on equity instead yes. of w- merit. No, I, I think there's those more people than- are too stupid to pass the bar, and they shouldn't have been in there anyway. I I think that it's a little bit of that. They have they have abandoned merit in favor of right of of equitable admissions. But I also think that they're not teaching law, and they're not teaching kids how to think. They're keep mm-hmm. teaching kids woke indoctrination. Like it's it's a little bit of both. It's both. There's a difference right? between learning how to think and me telling you what to think. Just like you told a child, like your alliteration of if you lie to a child enough, that's going to become right. their truth. Same with an exactly. adult or a, an impressionable. Right. No, 20, these leftists don't person. want you to have freedom of thought. They want you to have their thoughts. Yeah, that's like I mean that's not even deniable. That's why the guy that you met with last night or at your brother's house last night or whenever it was, right? He considers himself an old old school liberal. You don't get to tell me what I'm allowed to believe and think. You don't get to do that, right? Another cool thing he said, because 
we got into social media and I was like, yeah, dude, because he came in here and was like, wow, look at all these dead animals. This is impressive. He's like, I only have one shotgun. It sits by my bed and I hope I never have to use it. But he's like, I just don't have it in me to kill anything. And I was like, well, Justin, you're not a vegetarian. He goes, oh, hell no. I love eating meat, but I just personally don't want to, you know, I don't have it in me to kill something, but I understand that things die every time I'm eating meat. You should have told him, you should have told him, see what happens if you get a little hungry. Yeah. But I, yeah. he said, but it's also, he goes, that's another problem with my party or being uh, liberalism is they're, they're telling you what you can and can't say, or at least stifling your content because they don't agree with it. And he goes, that is as unliberal as it gets. We should have that guy on. I'm serious. He's, he likes to talk a lot. It would be a good conversation. I bring it. That's yeah. the kind of person I've been wanting to have a conversation with. So anyway, um, Back to Stanford. So, so this federal judge comes on, um, and a firestorm erupts, a big noisy, like bullhorn, you know, outrageous quote protest against him where he basically gets shouted down and the Dean of the law school or Dean of admissions of the law school, maybe Dean. No, no, no. I think she's the Dean of DEI, which is what we're talking about, right? If you've got a Dean of DEI, the dean of DEI actually grabs the mic and scolds him and asks him if the, ju the juice is worth the squeeze because he's traumatizing trans kids by coming up and giving a talk about a case where a, a man was before him that was demanding to be called by female feminine pronouns, demanding that if they were convicted to be put in a, fem in a, in a female pris prison um, and had a a history of convictions for pedophilia sexual assault of minors and he was like i'm not going to call you she no i'm going to call you he and if you get convicted you're not going to a female prison you're going to a male prison so the stanford law student body and the dean of equity and inclusion accosted this man and shouted him down and prevented him from speaking for that in defense of the pedophile which is a trend which is a trend here <laughs> Claiming that he was committing violence against them. Uh, I would have said it was the pedophile that was committing violence against its victims. But, uh, you mean the minor attracted person? Oh, yeah. yeah That's yeah. the so nice we, way to say that. Remember? Pedophile we, we, is. We, we, pedophile we wrote that term. We can't create stigmas about pedophiles, Cable. We have to call them minor attracted persons because we want to make it sound nice. Look up on your computer right now. Look up pedophile and see if, if, if like Wikipedia or Webster has. Uh, Webster has also another term for it, minor attracted person. See if they do. Look it up. I want to know. I'm afraid to even type that in with the I, Restrict I, Act underway. But All right. <laughs> so while I'm doing that, um, the point is the Stanford Law Dean, the actual head of the school, then came out and said, um, we are uh, basically shout, just like said, this is not what Stanford represents. Um, this was a shameful act. Um, by the know, freedom by the of speech DEI must be upheld. Dean and no, by the no, students. No, the, 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 right, yes. Yeah, the, the, the actual dean of Stanford Law, the head of the school, uh -huh. came out and said this should have never happened. It doesn't represent Stanford's values. You know, this school is committed to free freedom of speech and thought and edu you know, blah, 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 all the stuff that the same stuff Cornell said, basically. Didn't, wasn't willing to say that they would punish the students or the DEI dean, but did say that the way that they, so their defense is, well, we have freedom of speech too. And this person says, 
not to behave that way, basically. Mm -hmm. That's not freedom of speech if you're using bullhorns and all that stuff to um, uh, interfere with his right lecture or whatever, whatever right. he was there to do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they, you know, they, they kind of stopped short of really doing anything about it other than saying this doesn't represent our values. But I've also heard that at least a few law firms in California, big law firms that would probably hire half of their annual, you know, new, uh, legal associates from a place like Stanford have said they will not hire any Stanford law grads. Good. So the punishment is coming one way or another. Uh, go woke, go broke. Wikipedia.com. Chisholm's looking up pedophile on the internet, everyone. It's documented right here. And if minor attracted person is there, I'm not going to be surprised. But it will just, <laughs> it better not be. Mm. Not Wikipedia. Wikipedia is for peoples. Or does Wikipedia's do uh, definitions too? Uh oh, your eyes just got big. Mm -hmm. All right, do share. Do I'm share. trying to make sure I understand what I'm reading. You know, one would think that pedophilia is pretty black and white. You would think it looks actually pretty legit. Um, we may be making some progress on these fronts. Good. Uh, control F, Command F. There we go. Then in parentheses says celebrated at Stanford University Law School. I do not see, cannot find minor attracted anywhere in. Good. Uh, so that hasn't definition. forced its way into mainstream acceptance yet, but they will continue to push it. Yeah. Well, it's what we call it's that whole Overton window thing, right? They've pushed this thing so hard with the uh, with the Balenciaga stuff and the yeah that thing going viral about those that debate those professors had like just give it ten years, bro. You know, mm -hmm. just give it ten years. Like they'll they'll back off a bit because they've enraged society to the point where people are, you know, taking it out on them by voting their people out of school boards and stuff. Um, but they've changed the they've they've changed the whole conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we shouldn't, as my mom said months ago, I don't know why we're even having to have this conversation. Right. So, so 10 more years from now through more subtle undermining and grooming of people's minds, it'll come back. I saw a, so at, at VCU, uh, Virginia Commonwealth, just like yesterday, they did the same thing to <coughs> two women that were there to talk on you know, oh, biological yeah. differences between man and women. And you know what these people did? They shouted them down, tried to physically assault them. And you know who the campus police made leave? Not, not the violent, woke, purple-haired leftists. No, they made the, the two ladies leave. Because I guess they say, well, you're instigating this crowd. No, we're just here. We're in our rightful... Um, legal, abiding by our rightful legal ability to be here, to have a peaceful discourse, they're the ones that are being violent. But they made them leave. Ridiculous. There is a definition of minor attracted person in Wiki, but 
This is nice to see. It starts with a parenthetical that says euphemistic, quote, and comma, non-standard. Then it says the definition of a minor attracted person, the first words after that are a pedophile. (laughs) So there's hope. Uh, uh, Even out of Wikipedia, it seems there's hope. Patriot Act 2.0. Yeah. Then we need to wrap it up. Um, So we've talked a little bit about the war on TikTok. And how uh, how lying deep state shills like Ted Cruz, or not Ted Cruz so much, but uh, Marco Rubio are claiming that somehow we're all going to die at the hands of the Chinese because they monitor what kind of crap we like to look at on a social media. Um, and that they're specific, very unique in the data that they harvest. Uh, and it's somehow like worse and different and more than Facebook, Instagram, you know, Twitter, whatever, whatever, right? They're all doing it. I think we talked about how the only difference here is TikTok's kicking their asses. All the American Silicon Valley companies are losing money because let, let me are- let me reiterate. We've talked about this before, but Chinese TikTok that they give to their kids not the same TikTok that our kids see. No, I'm not saying things, TikTok. I'm not saying TikTok. I'm just saying good Chi- China, a country that actually has a sense of national pride, in in some weird way, while they are telling you know historically telling families they can't have kids the kids that they do have they're trying to protect because they're not seeing pornographic images they're seeing wildlife they're seeing chinese nationalistic pride propaganda that's what they're seeing they they're they are not letting their kids see the filth that they're letting our children see and it's on purpose dude they know yeah again i'm not saying that tiktok is a good thing what i'm saying is it's a false flag they're using TikTok as cover to create a basically new version of the Internet Patriot Act that will require that the government can harvest, can demand personal user data profiles on every single Internet. You know, it's like, you know, web, web-based apps, desktop-based apps, phone apps, like you name it, right? All of the quote-unquote internet now becomes subject to government uh, intrusion, government spying, um, forcing what are supposed to be private companies to turn over what you're talking about. There's there's some articles that have been written in the last day or two that it says that if you use the term red-pilled on the internet, that's ev- evidence that you're a you know white nationalist extremist and dangerous, right? So they're going to be they're going to be mining the internet which I'm sure that on certain level they already are, but they just don't have the legal legislative, you know, guns behind it. Mining the internet to try to, well, it's the first step towards, you know, we, we, we didn't even talk about the fed now thing, right? All of this is, we aimed still at have that to whole, real quick though. But, all of this but, is aimed at that whole social capital, social credit system concept, right? Like, Oh, you said something you're not allowed to say. So we're going to strip you of certain rights, right? Dude, um, did you oh, see you where bought- the FBI is flagging terms on the internet? Red pill. I'm talking about. So I'm talking about right now. Yeah. yeah they're saying Chad. That, yeah. What is Chad? A handsome guy that gets girls, apparently. <laughs> That's it's like, being it's like the opposite of a Karen. <laughs> yeah. Or it's the male version of a Karen somehow. I don't know. Right. All that all that stuff, right? With, that the, with the, conservative values is a chat. I don't, the, like, I don't the restrict think... act is not aimed at TikTok. It's aimed at the entire internet 
and it's aimed at people who disagree with the government. It would give the government the power to shut a whole app down if people are sharing what the government declares to be a, quote, conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. It's aimed at combating mis, dis, and malinformation, right? Which would mean, essentially, that they would have the ability, which they were already doing during the last three years, to, you know, shut down an entire website if it said anything about uh, maybe the potential uh, you know, threat from these vaccines or maybe how, you know, survivable COVID was right. Instead of trying to combat that and restrict that through an algorithmic process, they could just say, Hey, private company, you actually have, we're going to shut your website down. We're going to make it go away. Right. Not unlike the fact that the Canadian socialist, uh, tyrants actually stole people's money out of their bank accounts. Right. When they were having a trucker protest. Right. So the restrict act is basically, the most, you know, the, the, the most invasive, the most invasive uh, attack on American privacy since the Patriot Act, and it would give the government the power to not just silence us, prevent us from finding our own finding truth out for ourselves, like and it, sharing it. Right, it would prevent us from seeing stuff like this. This podcast, they saying. could just shut it down. Absolutely, yeah. right. They could go to our host GoDaddy and say you have to shut this page down and it would go away. Right. They could go to, you know, Meta and they could say shut their Instagram down. So with um Adam Curry hmm. and Mastodon, can they shut that down? Anything. Yeah. I mean that that's the it's, But I thought he owned like I thought how hasn't he tried to protect Well, so he has his own server. So Dude, I'm not technically savvy enough to really understand. Like, so he has his own server in his house, right? But that server is then on a feder, what's called a federated network through Mastodon, which is like everybody who wants to set up their own server who's techno- technologically savvy enough to do that, then then is part of this larger community on Mastodon. So Mastodon doesn't actually host his content; he hosts his own content, mm-hmm. right? They host their own content because they have a, a homebrew server. But they build a network of people with Mastodon servers within the Mastodon uh, community, I guess, which then acts sort of like its own social media system where you can follow certain people, you know, have them in your timeline, interact with them. You can block people if you don't like what they have to say and, and that sort of thing, right? So to your point, um, if you're... And that's what that's his whole that is always his whole point, right? You need to be a hundred percent independent so that they can't take you down without kicking your door in and you know smashing your servers, which doesn't seem like it's that far away. Where what we do, what we do between GoDaddy and you know Blueberry and WordPress, all of our stuff is gone in an instant, right? Because it's not in our control; it's at the in the control of other private companies which this restrict act would give the government the authority to go to them and say, shut them down. Hmm. So go buy a server. So figure all that out. Here's my question. Where does it stand Mickey, right now? Mickey can probably help us, right? Who is, or what politicians are standing up against it? It's a good question. Standing up against it. Mm, I don't know if any, I'm sure there are some in the house of representatives, but let me tell you the ones that are in favor of it. T- <laughs> Lindsey Graham is a co-sponsor of the bill 
And he went on with Jesse Waters and Jesse Waters grilled him about what it said. And it was clear as day. He hadn't even had no idea what it said and said by the end of the, by the end of the interview, he doesn't support the bill. And Jesse Waters was like, you're a co-sponsor. He said he doesn't support the bill. Yeah, dude. I wish I had that. I wish I had that handy. Yep. I wish I had it handy, man. Um, I don't, but. Wow. um, That is incredible. I mean, it'd be easy enough to Google incredible about gun restrictions here we go i was very disappointed to see that chuck grassley is one of i think it's nine and nine nine republicans and nine democrats which should tell you all you need to know about how uniparty tear you know this is uniparty crap right oh there's an equal number of course there's an equal number of senators in general but let's see um How many of them? Shelly Moore from Reddit, though, from West Virginia, is a co-sponsor. Uh, like I said, Chuck Grassley, Chuck Grassley, the guy who was trying during the last three years to expose to the light of day Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's corruption, is all of a sudden in favor of of censorship on the internet. Mm. You saw that uh, this week it came out that Biden's camp had everything to do with the uh, Miralago raid. That actually, uh, yeah, out. I've seen that. Yeah, North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer. I don't know why this just doesn't least list them. Oh, these are just recent addition. Additions. Well, nine and nine. So there's nine Rhino Republicans on there that have. Uh, there's probably more than that at the end of the day. But where does it stand? So is there a chance there we that go. it doesn't Senator get Senator Thune from South Dakota? These are I'm just naming the Republicans. I don't even care about the Democrats. These mm-hmm. are the these are the people that we should not be supporting. Deb Fisher from New from uh, Nebraska. <sighs> Jerry Moran from Kansas. Dan Sullivan from Alaska. Susan Collins from Maine. No way. Mm. Mitt Romney from Utah. Double no way. Uh, Shelly Capito from West Virginia, who I already mentioned. Kevin Kramer, I already mentioned. Chuck Grassley, I already mentioned. Uh, Tom Tillis from North Carolina. Senator Lindsey Graham, who sponsored it, then said he doesn't support it. Mike Crapo. Is that weird for a sponsor not to know what's in his own bill? (laughs) Mike Crapo from Idaho and John Boozman from Arkansas. Bad people mm. don't want us to be able to figure out what's true for ourselves. All right, Fed now, and then we'll wrap this up. So yeah. you, you and I, do you and I have been talking about this for ever since COVID, and China's already doing it: digital banking, digital currency, government controlled. Here's your rations. We've talked about it. You already drove 200 miles this month. No more fuel for you. You still have money in your bank account, but you can't buy gas with it. Uh, you ate too much red meat. Oh, by the way, 18,000 cows just died in a fire in Texas. Tell me that was an accident, Chisholm. 18,000 cows. Right, because it wasn't. And meanwhile, what? Are, on top of killing the food source, we're polluting the environment. So now we got to have more climate change. Dude, Taylor Swift is doing this tour right now. I know a lot of people that went to the concert. She did three nights in, in Dallas. For her to fly her private jet, on a two-hour domestic flight 
you could drive your truck around the circumference of the earth one time. So farther than you would drive in, I don't know if your lifetime, but certainly years of your life, a two-hour flight on a private jet, and she's on her pedestal talking about climate change! You stupid bitch! Okay, take a breath. Take a breath. Do not let not them, just her. Do not, do not let them rob your peace. It's all of them, dude. All I know. of them. I know. Private jets. You know what? I don't care if you fly on a private jet, but don't put this crap in my face. We have plants blowing up all over the country. Yep. To pollute the environment. <clears throat> Meanwhile, so you're flying around your private jet. Anyway. So, so for those who call it a conspiracy theory, it's been 18 months coming, man, since basically the first, actually since, yeah, the first six months of the Biden administration, the whitehouse.gov website and the Federal Reserve website have had a r- routine standing update about the, the deployment of the beta version of something called FedNow, which is a new federal government system for payment um, that's going to go live July 1st of this year. So it's right around the corner from us. And it's <clears throat> what they claim is all we're trying to do is make payments settle faster, right? So, you know, like if you send a wire from your bank, it takes like a day before all that clears, right? Mm-hmm. Um, pay a credit card bill might take a day, right? Well, the reason for all that is because both the banks and the credit card companies like to screw you because if they every minute they hold onto your money, they're making tiny little pieces of interest, right? Didn't make a hill of beans to you. You're talking about less than a penny. But you do that over millions and millions of transactions, you know, kind of like the old office space movie, right? Right. It's just a penny. And they're making making lots of money, right? Yeah. And so the Fed now system is like, hey, look, this is this great new electronic digital based way of doing all this. And now that all of the people that have been paying attention to this are coming out of the woodwork saying this is the groundwork for a federal digital dollar, which would be controllable, what they call a programmable digital currency, that will be the pipeline by which you can buy and sell and use digital dollars. And if the government owns the digital dollar, dollar uh, crypto- cryptography and the pipeline system for doing it, then they can just like put a break on your payment because they don't like what you're buying or because you bought too much of the thing already. Uh, and they, it's basically the control mechanism that, and, and they're, and they're in like, you know, Glenn Beck says they're in full blown panic trying to pretend as though that's got nothing to do with this. All this is supposed to do is help consumers by making money settle faster. It's a big, great thing. And we're not going to make a digital dollar, even though the white house actually instructed the fed to look at making a digital dollar at the same time they instructed the fed to create fed now. I'm looking at a tweet from Robert F. Kennedy jr. It's four paragraphs and it's him just basically outlining what you just said. And uh, Yahoo News fact-checked it and put a big X across the whole tweet and said it's not true. So, uh, yeah, they're doing their part. And I'm sure other news outlets are doing the same thing. Uh, so great, great question for you. Great way to wrap the, the podcast with a question. Could you vote for Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Probably. He's a Democrat. It's a slippery slope, but... I think you going back to what we've always said, you vote with the one that you align with 60% of the time. Right. I don't know. Do you want to hear a clip from Christy Nome or not? Or do you need to go? Nah, I got to go.
Okay. Well, I'll play it next week. But uh, yeah. Uh, do you like her? South Dakota governor? I do. I like everything about her except the fact that she vetoed a bill that was supposed to keep, I think, trans kids from playing, uh, you know, trans boys from playing in girls sports in South Dakota. She vetoed oh, that bill. Oh, you like just threw me. Ago. You just lobbed me a softball to end with. Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird, they uh, wrote a letter to Biden this week. Part of 40 former professional athletes or still current saying that they want the inclusion of men in women's sports. Dude, that Megan team that Negra Rapinoe's on lost 5-2 to two to the FC Dallas U15 boys team in preparation for the 2018 Women's World Cup. 5-2, 15-year-old boys kicked their ass. Yep. Kicked their ass. Yep. So... She knows. Hypocrite. Best takedown I've heard was on Megyn Kelly, this gal from the Federalist named uh, Emily Jasinski. She was like, this is a woman who we only know who she is and who's wealthy because of the protections of women's spaces going back to the 60s. And now she's saying she wants males to be able to kick the asses of the next generation of young females. Megyn Kelly was like, guess what? Uh, she's a lesbian with a, with a wife. She doesn't have kids and never will. So mm -hmm. she doesn't get a say in it. Right. It doesn't affect her. And she's on her way out the door anyway. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it. You know, I, I always like to end on a Megan Rapinoe story because I hate her. No, I don't hate her. I, I love her because she's a human being, but I really hate what she stands for. And I hate her purple and pink. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for episode 122, The Double Deuce, Emmett Smith, episode of Justified Pursuits for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. We'll see you guys next week. Just keep fighting. I don't know. Usually you're yeah, something better than that. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was trying. All right. I'll take it. Easy.